Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity treatment. M-O-L-M-M. That feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, that's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto-tune that, put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got digly pain. You done got digly pain. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that fights against the tyranny of capitalism while also constantly falling for its seductive trappings, like buying lots of video games and eating copious amounts of donuts. Damn you, donuts! In today's show, we'll be talking all about the ins and outs. Get it? Ins and outs. Of 2018's Donut County, a whimsical puzzle game, because it's a hole that we're playing, and like things go I don't in it, it, and then you launch things out of it. A whimsical puzzle game where you play as a whole. We'll get more into that. Mm. Get it? Again? With the same joke as before? I'm done with this pun. But first, I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me as always is our resident hardcore gamer and new game discoverer, Corgan Vaughn. How's it going? It's going, yeah. Mr. Helms. Thank you very much for asking. Good. Yeah, you're, I have to every time, or people don't know that you're here. Just to prove that you're here, I have to. <laughs> uh, and of course, we're joined by our resident hole expert and donut aficionado, the man who made me wait over an hour in line to get a Krispy Kreme donut 20 years ago, Jason Helms. I vaguely remember that. Me too. It's true. It's it true, I did. It was good. It was very tasty. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Like yeah, in L.A. in particular, like in yeah. L.A. in particular, and then they opened one up in in Orange County, and like the lines would be ridiculous. And, and Krispy Kremes aren't that good; they're just like they're donuts, they're and they're bad. like you can feel <laughs> the sugar and like yeah. butter mm. and everything like through your veins when you yeah, eat it. Yeah, you can. Mm. I f- I do not find that pleasurable. Yeah, that's the best part. So wow. feels like it's slowing down your internal gears, right? Oh. You feel the exact number of days it took off your life yeah. as you eat it. Worth it. So before we go any further, I I want to address the uh, the elephant in the room. Uh, Is about it donuts that and capitalism? Um, Krispy Kremes don't have holes in them, so I don't know why we even call them donuts. No, that wasn't it. Okay, go ahead. All right, so so let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, are you donuts and capitalism? Yeah, uh, but donut shops. Let's do it uh, often. Small businesses, mm-hmm. uh, often owned by uh, immigrants. Yes, often open for like four hours a day, maybe six days a week. See, in the in Orange County, it's twenty four hours. Twenty four hours a day is what I'm used to. Yeah, no donut man in Glendora, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, here it's six a.m. to eleven a.m. <laughs> yeah, and, that's not what it is. Ooh, and I go, donuts in the morning, and I go and I buy a bunch of donuts for me and my kids. It's like our one thing every week, our one treat. Okay. I'll be honest. I've been actually really good, and I've only been buying them for the kids. I haven't been eating donuts. I'm very proud of myself. Anyway. How do you put donuts into your car, drive home, and not eat half of them? I've done it for six months. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself every week. I don't week. like wow. donuts, so it doesn't seem that much of a thing, but I'm still oh, very oh, impressed with you. I love them. Extremely. So I, I get like a big box of donuts for everybody. Everybody's getting two donuts now. Oh. And I walk away, and, and I usually have to throw in some stuff to get to the $5 minimum for my credit card. Dude, they're so cheap. <laughs> what's going on? What's wow. what's the market? What's the markup? I don't know. What's it's happening? It's just sugar. It's just is flour. It, is it right? But I don't feel like the the turning from the left to the right to hand me a donut 
feels like it should cost more than the 85 cents they charge It's true. Me. Every single time, because you, you have to have cash most of the time because you won't meet, meet that card minimum. And I'm always surprised. Like, it's one of those things on the rare occasion I want a donut. I walk in and I know that I have, like, a dollar and 69 cents in my pocket. And I'm like, mm. ah, can I get a donut? And then I'm like, how much is that going to run me? And they're like, that'll be 62 cents. And I'm like, is it 1950? Yeah. Have yep. I stepped through a time machine? Is it safe for me to go outside? Yeah. So let's talk about it. Capitalism. Are they money laundering organizations? Are these oh. international jewel thieves? That's and this a, is just a front. That's a possibility. I thought those were mattress stores. That yeah, that. mattress stores too. Yeah, definitely. Also, didn't I mention last time the place that Andrew and I found in L.A. called um, Family Pants? No. No. In please LA. go. Please go. Oh. My story is done now because I am very interested in family <laughs> pants. Family pants. I mean, that's it. We went to go see Crowded House one time in L.A. and we we're walking down the did. street. Of course we did, naturally, yeah. because, again, we're middle-aged people. Oh, please. You were middle-aged when you were 13. You love Crowded House. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean. We're oh, okay, middle-aged good. people Sweet. by, like, oh. we were probably 26 when Got we it. did this. The joke would have landed <laughs> if we were in our 20s, but we're actually pretty close to middle-aged Because we're actually, yeah, we're genuinely middle-aged now. Anyways, yeah. we're walking down the street, and we look up, and there's a place that's just called Family Pants. And it, like, is... Kind of not boarded up, but it doesn't look like there's a lot going on, but it's Mm -hmm. also clearly open, like there's light coming from it. And we just looked and we're like, that is the most clear money laundering front I've ever seen. It's like family, like like mafia and then pants, like things you launder. It was just so clear. It was called family pants. And that's what I think of every time I think of uh, obvious money laundering front. However... I will say there was a really cool article in the LA Times like five or six years ago that actually talked about the origins of donuts in Southern California and their connection to... And the pink boxes. And the pink boxes, yes. And their connection to the immigrant population. I had no idea. It's so great. Look it up. Maybe, you know, I can't copy and paste things into our Google Doc, but Ben, maybe you can find this article. I will link to it. And link to it. And it is a great read. And if I remember right, there was basically one donut shop that used pink boxes because they were cheap. They were cheap, yeah, because no one wanted pink boxes. Oh, wow. And Hollywood was next door and yeah. loved their donuts. And so those donuts kept making it on the set. And it was yeah. like a thing that they did. And it was through the use of pink boxes in t- television and movies that it then became a thing. But it was just yeah, because like an the donut shop thing. in Hollywood used cheap boxes. Yeah. And I like this is it's such a Southern California staple, like an institution. My husband loves donuts. It's like his. World of Warcraft handle is donut. Um, mm. He absolutely loves them. And they were a thing I never thought about till I came to college in Southern yeah. California. And then you have all these 24 hour donut shops and like it is an absolute institution. Everyone goes there every day. You know, the, the kids go there in the middle of the night. Ours was, Oh, those donuts on Newport Boulevard that we would always go to. And like, it was an absolute institution and staple. Oh, yeah. So I have an appreciation for donut culture, even though I don't sure. really like eating donuts. Yeah. We had donut man in Glendora was the one that was like two miles from APU. We'd go there at 2 AM or whatever, get our yep, 39 exactly. cent donuts, tiger mm-hmm. tails, fritters, whatever it was. Yeah. And then in Portland, obviously there's like the donut wars. Voodoo is like, right. and those aren't, they're like barely, they're cakes, right? Voodoo donuts is gross. However, what's the other one? Blue star. Blue star actually is wicked good 
And then there's also Pips, which are the mini ones. Yeah, I like the Have you had Pips? Ones. I don't think I've had Pips. Pips, no. it might be the newcomer, but Blue Star, we, Hannah and I had for the first time a year or two ago when we visited. Super good. They're gourmet donuts, yeah. and they are the greatest flavor I've ever had. Yeah. It's of anything. absurd. That and like a nice glass of milk. So oh, yeah. It, we've got a, a voodoo knockoff here in Fort Worth called Hertz Donuts, which is very good. I, is that a joke? No. I mean, it, you it's can't a- punch us through the screen, Corey. <laughs> Hey, like, what are you eating there? Hey, hey, Ben. <laughs> hey, yeah. Turn around. Oh, God. <laughs> Hurts, don't it? Nerd. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm, but listen, I have a lot of older brothers. I trust nothing, so. Wise to do. All right, so we are going to talk about the development of the game. We're going to talk about the gameplay. Then we're going to talk about some of our favorite screenshots and game clips we took. And we'll have a rousing game of what's the drink, what's the song. And don't forget, we're going to get some kids in here. Donut shop. And we're going to have some kids. We're going to get some kids in here. <laughs> have a little party midway through the pod. Hey, hey, kids, want some donuts? Come on over here. We're going to offer donuts to kids. And just see what happens. Uh, and yeah, I, I played 95% of this game. Or no. I guess my kids played 95% of my experience with this game. I kind of just watched my kids play this game. So uh, I'm going to interview them and and they had some hilarious things to say about it. And then we will talk about what else we've been playing. A little recommendation station. And eventually we have so many segments now. Oh my gosh. So many. Finally, we'll talk about next month's game, which again, Corey is, have you beat it? I I mean, I don't know if beat is the right word for this. I have finished the arc. Okay. And now I am doing more of the, Thank you. Sorry. It's too too violent of a phrase to beat a game. Yeah, you've finished the game, you've completed it, yeah. and you're continuing to play it, though. I'm continuing to play it because I'm obsessed with it. I started playing so something excited. else earlier today, and then I just went back to Spirit Fair again. I'm so glad you found that game. <laughs> Never going to live this down, am I? She is our resident hardcore gamer and new game discoverer. So yeah. who else could discover it? You're just Hell the, yeah. the whole I expert. also, through researching this game, discovered another game called um, Katamari. <gasps> what? Yeah. What? It sounds really it sounds really interesting, and I discovered it. So Wow. I might want to check that out. <laughs> so this game was created by Ben Esposito, and I don't want to say solely Ben Esposito because he didn't do all the score. It was uh, published by Annapurna and there's other people that were involved in getting this game from just ones and zeros to in onto our switches, but basically entirely by Ben Esposito. And your guys research, did you find anyone else's singular name other than his? No, no. And I'm kind of in love with the story of this, by the way, of the journey that this game took. Did you want to tell the, the story at all? Sure. Yeah. And I just want to say real quick, I've never played a bad Annapurna game mm-hmm. and I realize they don't actually make any games. They just, they just publish, publish, right? They're not they're not a development arm, but damn, like they just yeah. just heavy hitters, right? It's the Bloom House of games. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. But he worked on what's eating Edith Finch. What's the deal with Edith Finch? Who the hell is Edith Finch? I don't know. I don't know that. What is it? What remains? What remains of Edith Finch? As well oh, as shit. he also was a tester on. Broken Age. Huh. Oh. oh, nice. So, some, some old connections there. We try to make a connection when it exists. <laughs> it's nice when that happens. So, Corey, take us on a, on a journey. Okay. Well, I, I don't know the whole development story. This is a particular angle that obviously interested me Okay. in this. Donuts. Donuts. Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. So, when Ben Esposito first started, uh, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I, I do have some notes. I'll go to them when I need yeah. it. but. When he created this game, it was kind of like as a lark, 
um, based on, I guess there was this other, uh, and Ben, maybe you know who this is, but there was this other um, developer who um, was making games and I guess over-promised and under-delivered a lot. And so they were coming, there was like some sort of thing where they were coming up with these impossible games to make. Yeah, it was Peter Molyneux, Peter Molyneux. Which I think he worked with. Yeah. Oh, what is it? I was just doing that as a guess. No, I said the exact same name you did simultaneously. And it's, it's his... That was just a guess. And it was that right. guy's parody account. Yeah, so it was a parody was account of this guy yeah. coming up these increasingly more impossible games to ever make. And so I guess one of them was about, like, you play a hole. And it was like, you know, how could that possibly be a game? And then he got kind of intrigued. So the, the tweet was, yeah, January 5th, 2012. A okay. while ago. A long time ago. Uh, and the game came out in 2018. Uh, but yeah, the tweet was, you play the role of a hole, you must move around an environment making certain elements fall into correct targets at the right time. There you go. Which sounds more like Tetris almost than Donut County. Yeah, I guess yeah. so, you know, but it's a, you know, the the idea is there. It's the same exact idea, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so he was intrigued by this, actually. He was like, oh yeah, that's stupid, and then was like, wait. And so he started actually working on making this game and and created this early version of it, but it wasn't like a big story or anything like that. It was just like you, you put stuff in a hole and it gets bigger. So then he got inspired as many a non-indigenous person does uh, by the Hopi art of the Kachina doll and got real sort of like into that and wanted to make that as the overarching theme of this game. And so it was a game in which the whole swallowed like teepees and things like that, like very totem poles, all this stuff. And he took this. Um, do you remember where this was first? I know the initial demo was featured at uh, Indiecade in actually okay, yeah. in fall of 2012. So just in less than a year, he made this demo that was already featured at an expo. So he takes Kachina to this thing. And of course, you know, if you've ever been to any sort of game thing, it's usually filled with white men. Um, and they're like, this is so great. Like, what a fun game. How cool is this? And it's getting all this positive feedback initially. And then he sees this blog post uh, that actually the person who wrote it tweeted at him. And they were like, this game has nothing to do with Hopi folklore. And he'd really leaned into it. He'd been like, this game is like based on Hopi tradition. And they're like, there's like teepees and totem poles are not Hopi. Um, and this person clearly knows nothing about Hopi culture if this is like, you know, what they think of this. And so his initial response, uh, again, as is Mm. often the response of people who are called out for like this was to double down. Was the right response? Oh, damn. (laughs) Really rooting for him there. Was, Was to apologize immediately and change his ways. Uh, no, that's not what happened. Uh, what he initially oh. did was to double down uh, and be like, well, then, you know, if this is uh, if this wasn't Hopi enough, then I am going to research and make this the hopiest Hopi game to ever Hopi. That's better than denial. <laughs> right. Right. It'd be like, no, it's, it's perfect like it is. Like it's, he's, he's working harder just in the like wrong a, direction. It's different than denial. Thank it's, you. It's, that's what I meant. Yeah, it's a lateral move, I think. Okay, I don't know that fair. it's necessarily a step up. That's fair. Uh, so he starts to work to try to research actual Hopi tradition and turn Kachina into something that is more authentic to the Hopi experience. And so he starts actually, you know, again, this is, I think what's so great about this is it absolutely speaks to the mindset that like a white 
person gets into about this. Like, I'm going to do the right thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to indigenous people and I'm going to have them help me to develop something that really respects their culture. You know, I'm going to appreciate the culture. I'm not going to appropriate the culture. Yeah. Corey, Corey, how dare you tell us how white men think? <laughs> yeah, don't get in the mind how, of those straight white male, and, okay? And how dare you get it so right? <laughs> how dare I appropriate you so well? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so he goes on this journey trying to find indigenous people, professors, things like that, who can help him to develop this. And he ends up sort of coming up short and realizing that he he can't make this game. He doesn't have enough to make this game. And there was, let me pull up the article. Cause I think uh, the way that he phrased this was really good. Oh, actually I have it in my Evernote. Um, he said um, he spent about a year doing research and trying to figure out how to tell the story in as authentic a way as possible, including reaching out to indigenous professors as well as members of the Hopi tribe. He soon realized wow. why it had been so difficult to find published resources on the subject. They were not stories intended for him. Ultimately, wow. he decided to completely overhaul the game and abandon the Kachina theme. Quote, I couldn't do it justice because they didn't want me to do it justice. They didn't need me to do it justice. Mm-hmm. Oh, light bulb. Light bulb. Mm-hmm. So he, wow. he realizes that this whole time he's been like, I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping you. And they're like, we don't need your help, dude. Like... Mm-hmm. This is not what we want. We, we don't this. want some white guy to tell our story. You know, we're going to figure this shit out for ourselves and tell our own stories. And that's what we've been doing this entire time. So, yeah. you know, fuck off, essentially. Yeah. So not only does he then change the game entirely into Donut County, but he makes the game about his journey out of cultural appropriation. Yep. So... The entire time that you're playing this game, you have this storyline of this raccoon in L.A., which is actually where he's from. So he's basing this on his own experiences now. Uh, And this raccoon being like, hey, I'm doing everyone a favor. So every time he swallows something up, and we'll talk about the storyline, I'm sure. But every time he swallows something up in this, he and the person complains about it. He's like, "Um, actually, it sounds like I made your life better. By doing this, which is a story of gentrification, of course. Um, And it's also him sort of saying, like, I thought I was doing people a favor uh, by coming in here and columbusing their shit. When really, uh, that's not what I was doing. I was actually stealing from them. I was stealing their culture. And there's I took a screenshot during this where the raccoon BK, who is sort of your main character in this, uh, talks about like, you know, oh, we, you know, we were running out of trash, so we had to start doing this. And Mira, the other character, she says to him, like, you didn't run out of trash, you just ran out of things to steal. And it's just so, like, when you know the story, it's incredibly on the nose about what is happening here. Wow, yeah. And so uh, another quote from him, he said, uh, BK's like, are you kidding me? I'm the victim here. And the whole game is about convincing him that he's being an asshole. So the story runs parallel to Esposito's own resistance around listening to the people whose culture he wanted to consume and appropriate without input or permission. And it's one he hopes others with a similar mindset will be able to hear. Wow. All right. So Donut County just passed Katamari Damacy in my mind because I've been like very like, yeah, this is cool. But have you guys played Katamari Damacy? Yeah. (laughs) Which is a a story about 
your dad who is God being drunk and mildly abusive. Right. Uh, so not as good as this one. This is awesome. Like <laughs> yeah. I did not, I picked up on the capitalism. I picked right. up on some exactly. stuff, but, yeah. but not the appropriation stuff. So no. thank you so much for, for making, yeah. connecting those dots. Right. It yeah. was, you know, playing it, you definitely see the sort of like critique of capitalism there. You absolutely see the critique of gentrification that's happening in this, mm-hmm. but that little bit, I think pushes it over the edge and makes it like an extremely brilliant game, which also yeah. kind of funnily enough was stolen too. that <laughs> the game shortly before it came out, uh, someone put out a game called hole.io that was, Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah. They put out a game just before this was released. You no, know, cause it took a long time for it to come out. It took like six sure. years. Yeah. Um, and someone basically, you know, they debuted, donut county at another festival at a bunch of them yeah a bunch of them yeah and so of course then someone you know cloned this game put it out shot to the top of the apple store um but it doesn't have the overarching storyline it's more just like the mechanic of it of being whole and swallowing things and whatnot but it's kind of funny that the game about appropriation ended up being stolen (laughs) shortly before it was released totally i did not know that but that's kind of a happy ending to both of those stories that started out so rough of right. the game being about his journey, which is like anytime you go through a journey like that, I can't imagine doing that in such a like public arena and the pressure of that and like the embarrassment and all that and him turning the, that into something so positive and something that everyone can learn from. And just an amazing illustration of that journey is really cool, but also it being stolen and going to the Apple store, the uh, donut County actually won iPhone game of the year in the Apple store nice. uh, in 2018. Wow, so it yeah. did, it may have had a rough start, yeah, but, but it, it seems came like it, around. it's doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's on like every console and medium now, which is, is yeah. pretty cool. It's available everywhere. It's on sale all the time. So yeah, it's yeah, just that's, great, wow. great game. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So yeah, Corey, do you want to talk about, I mean, that's all the development I had. I had oh, well. like bullet, bullet <laughs> notes of that whole thing, but that I could not have told it anywhere as well as you did. <laughs> I was just very excited about yeah. it. Obviously. Yeah, that was great. Uh, do you want to, since you brought this game to us, do you want to kind of tell us your, and you played it three times. I have played it three times. Yeah. Do you want to just tell us like, yeah, how you found it, how you fell in love with it and your journey? It was total random chance. Um, I might've said this before, but I think I was just like scrolling through stuff that was on sale on switch um and you know sometimes i just kind of pick things based on like uh the art kind of appeals to me oh yeah um and i watched the trailer and was like oh stuff falling into a hole i could probably do that (laughs) (laughs) that feels like my skill level when it comes to video games so just just one button yeah 99 percent of the game just the one I think yeah. I can do that. So that was how I stumbled upon it. it. Wasn't anything, you know, more than that. It was an absolute random happenstance of of being in the store and finding it on sale. That's awesome. uh, and then I played it, and I sat down. And the moment that you know it loaded <laughs> onto my Switch, I played the entire thing over the course of the next like three and a half, four hours, or whatever. And and I mean, I got into it's so fun and funny. I sat there. I looked at everything that's put in the little trashpedia, read every single description, everything in it. Uh, This is why I have like hundreds of screenshots on my Switch because everything in it is so fun. (laughs) It is. So when you said it didn't take you, like you said it took you like an hour and a half or something like that. I was like, oh, you didn't read everything in the trashpedia, did you? No way. I did not. (laughs) Oh my God. The trashpedia is so fun. It's so good. The girls so made funny. me. So yeah, I played this with a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And 
99% of the game, they played it. And they, yeah, they discovered the Trashpedia halfway through the game and they made me read uh, dozens and dozens of them. To them. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I had like to read jokes, them out loud to someone, I don't know if I'd find them as fun. They were, uh, they were fun, but most of the jokes were over their heads. So they're like, uh, I guess, okay, try again, read the next one. And I'd be like, <laughs> be like, oh, that's clever. And they'd be like, okay, read the next one, dad. Okay. And they were like waiting to laugh. <laughs> but i loved it it was it was so clever just to include that i thought it was great let me see if i have some of them i can pull up for yeah. you of um the trashpedia because your trashpedia in this game is basically stuff that you've sucked into the hole because you're you're sucking up everything in the town um and then it'll have like a little description of it <clears throat> so like one of them is a police hat and it says gives you the ability to arrest someone for no reason Wow. Or nightstand. Yeah. During the day, it's allowed to relax. Uh, <laughs> lawnmower. Scares grass to keep it small. <laughs> Bowling ball. It is illegal to hold this without special shoes. So just like dumb little one-liners. That's great. And I found them hilarious and read however many hundreds of things there are on the Trashpedia. I read every single one of them. Yeah. Okay, should we do plot? Probably a good idea. We haven't talked about the game. Jason, do you want to do plot? I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do the best I can. I think this is what I'm best suited for because y'all did the research for this. Um, I didn't talk about any of the research I did. Oh, I'm yeah. taking over today. I'm yeah, sorry. Do it. I was do awesome. it. Uh, <laughs> so Mira is a, a human, uh, which feels weird to say, but that, that, is, that is who she is. It stands out in this game. Uh, yeah. But this is a game populated by mostly uh animals and kind of uh humanoid animal creatures there's a couple yeah yeah there's a couple that i couldn't name what yeah i'm not entirely one, sure what they're supposed one of them to be. Was like a guy with an alligator face um, yeah coco i liked him coco yeah um he wasn't like just a straight up alligator but he, he wasn't was like, full on no, alligator more of, a, You're right. more of a guy with a he wore an pants. Alligator face. yeah and then there was morsel i don't know what morsel was <laughs> no <laughs> i believe you so so mira uh works at the donut shop uh with her friend bk and you can text back and forth uh, with BK. One of the really nice storytelling things here is texting, where you click reply uh, or duck, 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 duck. And <laughs> you just click a duck button, and it just goes quack, and there's a picture of a duck there, a little duck emoji. And that's mm-hmm. your only emoji you can choose. And then the other person, it, and it kind of depends on the character. Yeah. Uh, do they respond with ducks? Do they not? Do they respond with a series of ducks? How annoyed do they get with you? I don't know how much of that was programmed in, but it really felt like a personality thing. When you're getting to know someone, can you press the duck thing at them? Will they engage? What's going to happen yeah. there? Right. So a lot of stories told through these texts, and uh, you're like, ah, oh, I'm late. There's a guy honking his horn, and BK, who is a raccoon, and your friend, mm-hmm. and works at the donut shop. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, I'll, I'll take care of that. And then suddenly you uh, you got a hole that you're controlling, and the, the hole kind of starts sucking stuff up, and pretty soon it sucks up the guy who's uh, honking his horn. Then we flash forward. And the rest of the story is told 999 feet below the surface of the Earth, in the bottom of this hole. And we know we flash forward because now BK is in the bottom of this hole, and Mira is in the bottom of this hole, and Mira is mad at BK. And BK refuses to apologize because Mira broke his drone. Got a cool drone at some point, and she broke it. Now we're going to find out through the story how that all happened. And so throughout the course of it, different people who are all sitting around this trash fire at the bottom of a pit say, uh, yeah, no, you, you were totally a jerk to me too. And he's like, when was I a jerk to you? Like, well, you, you sucked us up in a hole and you did this, you did that. I was doing you a favor. You ordered the donut. You ordered the donut. Yeah. We, we flash mm-hmm. back and uh, you get to control the, the donut and you get to take them 
you know, suck in all their worldly belongings and then eventually them. Um, each time you, you suck something up, you get a little bit larger. So there's strategies, you know, suck up little rocks until you get big enough to get like a plant uh, and a planter. And then you can get like a chair and eventually you'll get a house. By the way, it cracked me up literally every single time I'd suck up like a, a character. Like it's yes. just very, especially like sometimes you'd like knock them out of a chair or something, but they don't move. They just kind of accept their fate. <laughs> so you'll the have, raccoons like, at like, the end too, when you're just like getting yeah. all the raccoons in that yeah. in the lab or whatever. Oh, yeah. They just have a real "this is fine" attitude about oh, it. Man. There, there yeah. were some characters who jump out. Uh, I think a, a frog. Uh, oh yeah, and the rabbits. Oh like, yeah, like you you gotta like kind of time it right so that they they fall down the hole because because they yeah, will fish fight for can be a little bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some some fun puzzle mechanics, and eventually BK realizes the error of his ways and turns the donut against the donut machine itself of capitalism and sucks up his boss. And there's a good boss battle and it's fun and, and everything is solved and he's got a drone and he can fly around the drone and that's the credits and you fly through the credits with your drone. And then every time you finish a stage, you get the Trashpedia stuff. You get, here's all the stuff you sucked up. Here's the little descriptions. Here's this. Um, also, I should say the overall um, aesthetic of it is lo-fi kind of cartoony uh but 3d cardboard boxy looking polygon yeah cardboard boxy looking i'm thinking like uh 90s 3d n64 stuff but sharp and yeah clean and looks yeah, good totally but it feels like um like crash one of those bandicoot. characters crash bandicoot is what it feels mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah but like crash Pan- bandicoot just hanging out being chill and then <laughs> yeah. uh, turn into a hole and sucking stuff up um <laughs> yep. yeah did I, do, did I do okay you did great, great i man. think yeah, yeah. thanks I, I think we're well into gameplay yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I love the artwork. I, it was really fun playing with the kids. I wasn't sure. I checked like the rating and stuff when I play, started playing with the kids. I asked you to, and you're <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think they like swear or anything. But the fact that it's just the um, the joystick is the main controller until you get the um, the catapult at one point. Right. But even that's just one button. Yep. It's joystick and one button for almost the entire game. And I had to jump in a couple times to help them, like the the boss fight at the end. The, the couple puzzles in the lab and the Griffith observatory part. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like they just loved it and it's nothing's timed. Yeah. So they can just like be a whole walking around until they get everything. And like, they're rooting for each other. It was really oh, fun so to play as a family and to be like rooting for each other on yeah. the screen. So I love oh, it. I love that. That's so fun. I don't think the game ever says explicitly that it's LA, but it's very clearly LA. Yeah. And it, it mentions, I think, the 405 at one point. It does, like it, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's got place names. Because they're yeah, like, the, oh, the pup is, pup is on the 405, and you yeah. end up going and, you know, swallowing a bunch of cars at rush hour traffic in the 405 with the... And, like, then you're, like, basically at the Griffith Observatory at the end. And Joshua Tree and, like, East yeah. L.A. stuff. Yeah, and too, you have yeah. the Hollywood sign, but it says, like, yeah. just, like, raccoon or raccoon. something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead, which I think that added a layer for me as well, just being like, it's so recognizable to me. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, kind of a fun feeling. The sign that I saw said Raboob. I don't know if anyone else saw that. <laughs> but um, tsh- nicely done. That's amazing. Nicely done. Um, <laughs> which I'm, I totally also wouldn't have known what you were talking about had I not listened to side stories like four hours yeah. ago. Yeah. Nice. This morning, yeah, I did it too. It's great. <laughs> when Henry's like, uh, Holly Weed was objectively funny, objectively funnier than yeah, Holly Boob. Oh, but I, I, I did hear the debate earlier this week where somebody made the case that that Holly Boob was was sweatier. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a sweatier joke. You you can feel the person working hard at it, mm. and they're like, I think that that might be funnier. 
That's like, a really good Hollyweed, yeah, that's that's a funnier joke. Yeah. But with Hollyboob, you can see the person's, like, the wheels turning in their mind. <laughs> And That's you're a like, pretty good point. Yeah, bud. Yeah. All right, that too. Good job. Good job. Yeah, Holly Boob. Let's. That's a. It's <laughs> a funny name. Funny name. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, the LA thing is really fun, and the I think how sort of easy the mechanic is in this game is really nice. Like you said, you can play this with kids, and they're fine. I've said before, precision is not my strong suit, and so yeah. that's really like one of the few things that would catch me is just that like sometimes I'd be like just trying to figure out where I need to move the hole to get like this brick or like a, yeah. or a board or something to fall into it. And it'd take me a couple minutes just cause I'm like, why am I bad at like moving this? You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's never insanely frustrating. I think the one time, the first time playing it, I got a little stuck in the haunted house um, where you're going to find the, the flat earther possum. Is that, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all dark. <laughs> it's, it's all totally, dark. Yeah, I had to help him through that part. Yeah, that one. The yeah. first time I played it, I think I was stuck in there for like forty-five minutes. I was like, "This is everything has been smooth sailing, and I cannot get out of this room." That was tough. Yeah. The other hard part was the whatever the like Magic Kingdom or whatever or Magic. Mountain, oh yeah, yeah. The the water water park. Yeah, whatever. That was tough. Called. The Mark yeah, Twain thing. What's there. that called? The water wheel. Water wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Water wheel. Uh, that was tough that's like a legitimate puzzle with multiple parts to it that you have to figure out like what are the things i need to put together in order to get this part moving to get this to go here to you know for the most part you don't have to do that you're just like just get your hole big enough yeah so it's definitely a game that takes some inspiration from katamari damacy but i think what we're talking about gets to at the heart of like the difference between katamari damacy and this game katamari damacy is a game where you roll stuff up uh, the gameplay feels very similar, but at its heart, it's an emergent game. You make your own stories just by interacting with stuff. It's kind of random what happens. The only puzzle is, how do I get the stuff to roll up? Am I big enough to roll this up yet? Nope. Okay, I'll go try something else. So there's no overarching story. In Katamari Damacy? Yeah. Eh, kind of. <laughs> your dad is the king of all cosmos. Oh, he yeah, got he drunk, tell, he knocked yeah. all the stars out of the sky, and now you got to put him back up by gathering up trash, and then he throws him into the sky. There's a pretense or there's like a reason for it, if not necessarily yep. a distinct yep. storyline. It, it's like a Street Fighter layer of story. Yeah, and it, there are there are similar layers. I, I would say similar to this game in that the story happens between the levels rather than in the level. Mm-hmm. Right. In the level, you're going to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something's going to happen. But between the levels, you get story. And so in Katamari Damacy, you get more. And it's usually your dad being disappointed with you. Mm. I would have expected that you would have rolled up much, much more. What a small, tiny Katamari you have rolled up, young prince. Uh, can you not impress us further next time, perhaps? And your dad's just a drunk a-hole. It's, it's kind of fantastic. Does it have a voice, or is this just the what you imagine drunk asshole cosmic dad to sound like? I may have had to read it to my daughter. Okay. Uh, this is the voice this that I This is the voice you I settled upon. Him. Okay, got um, it. I, there is kind of a... Wah, 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 right, right, right. Uh, whatever the, the words come up. But uh, the the big difference, though, is that okay, this is a classical classic difference in games is uh, games of emerge of emergence and games of progression. This is a game of progression where mm-hmm. there's a linear story. Mm-hmm. There's a way to solve the puzzle. Occasionally, there might be two two ways to solve a puzzle, but there's kind of like a plan. Um, and I think the puzzles in this game are just really, really well designed so that they feel emergent. It feels like you're in a world and you're just like, what could I do? I might yeah. try this. I might try this. Generally, when you look back at it, that was the only way to get through it. Right. But it was presented to you in such a way that it really felt natural. And so this is kind of that sweet spot in between a, a progressive game that feels emergent. 
Um, that's really, really tough to design for. Uh, but they're really, um, the, the puzzles are designed really, really well. They are, uh, you know, really fine tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Also, can I just say, I, as I was playing this earlier, I was thinking, um, cause I also, so I downloaded the new Mario game that came out Odyssey yesterday or the, Oh, uh, uh, 3d. 3D land, 3D world, 3D something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. You're the game discoverer. I don't, you tell us about. Yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I do. Obviously, I don't even know about it. Yeah, I'm like I, I have my switch right here. I can tell you what it's called. Um, <laughs> but I, I downloaded that. Uh, yeah, Super Mario 3D Worlds and Bowser's Fury is what it is. It's a totally new game. It's not just like here's the game from '92 well, again. It's, it's Super Mario 3D Worlds is an old game, and then Bowser's Fury is new that they've attached to it. Okay. Um, it was it was a wii u game if i remember right yes okay and because of that not a lot of people played it right but it's it's kind of widely regarded as like one of the top mario games that never got a a large audience so people have been very excited about it coming out yeah exactly and uh, mark told me about it because he was like oh you can like play it online with friends i was like oh cool we can play a game you know all the way from England to America. It'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so I downloaded that and I was playing it and I was thinking about like, you know, this like the fact that you can feel like you get that haptic feedback, you know, that you get mm. the like the buzzing and the all that stuff. And like in Donut County, that's kind of like the subtle satisfyingness of yeah. feeling just a little just that little bit of feedback every time that you totally something falls in the hole. And whatnot. And I was just thinking about how bananas it is that that's just normal now. So I was thinking, yeah. like, you remember you would get like the rumble pack rumble to add pack. to your, your yes. um, controller. And yep. it was like, oh, wow, cool. Like, this is, this really ups this game when I add this rumble pack to it. Introducing Star Fox 64 with Rumble Pack, only for Nintendo 64. And now it's just a, like, taken for granted. Yeah. part of the game even in something as simple as donut county that you're going to get that little bit of feedback from it uh and i just think that's so fun like what a it was just a moment of being like oh man things have come a long way where that's just like a normal part of a game that is crazy yeah speaking, speaking of satisfying that's definitely the word i would use in ending every level like mm. it felt like mm-hmm. i should have cleaned my house but it felt like cleaning <laughs> my house in like a very entertaining way like yeah at the end of every level everything has its place Yes. Usually it's just like 999 feet below Donut County, but still yeah. like it felt like you like you'd cleaned the whole yard or mm-hmm. whatever the whole level is. It just felt like, like I don't even know what other games have this. Maybe Katamari no. Damacy. I haven't played that, but it just felt like I had cleaned the area. I'm on to the next thing. 100% completion every time. Honestly, I think that's so that's one of the things I love so much about it because I have like a chaotic brain and I love when things are in their place. Um, And that's very rare for me, you know, like things are usually a little bit like all over the place for me. And so I think like having that blank clean thing that I have like just sort of fixed by sucking it through the hole, like really was like kind of felt good in my head. For sure. (laughs) I really liked that about it. Hey, this game's great for your ADHD brain. FYI. Yeah. Katamari does not have that. <laughs> it is it is more chaos. Yeah, because you're accumulating things, not yes, getting rid you're of accumulating, things. And you don't have to accumulate everything. That was one thing that was weird for me about mm. this game, kind of coming over from Katamari, is that you basically have to 100% every level. Yeah, like you might leave a few things behind, but overall you're going to get pretty much everything. Yeah. It's soothing. It really does soothe you when you're used to chaos. It, 
And I think that's also with Spirit Fair part of the reason that I'm okay. enjoying that so much is it really is kind of like an everything, you know, with the what is it, resource management or whatever it's called. <laughs> like, you know, um, like right. this very much just kind of like I have these things that I'm going to do and I have yeah. these challenges and everything I can sort of clean things up and I can organize the stuff on the ship and, you know, like rearrange everything so that now it is in this nice clean grid and whatnot. And it really, it organizes the chaos in my, in my That's head. Cool. So Spe- speaking of next games, can we queue up uh Mario 3d world for, for after spirit fair? Uh, if you're already playing it, I mean, I, I've been interested in checking that out. Ben, I don't know. What's your interest level? Uh, yeah, I haven't played a Mario game in 20 years. Oh, well, then that'll be so fun then. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. I love Mario. Ben, ben, they're very good. I Are really they? recommend Odyssey. I'm not, I mean, I like pizza. I don't know if I'd like necessarily Italian games. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jason, did you play Luigi's Mansion? No, but I've heard such good things. It's so great. You yeah. have to play Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, it's one of those ones I'm waiting for it to, to see it on sale and yeah. then uh, pick yeah, it up and, and play through it with the girls. But I know they'll love it. Yeah, absolutely. You said this. That's it. It's just going to be me going. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody, everybody. Uh, I take a lot of screen grabs. <laughs> All right, Corey, throw out a couple screenshots. I'll get my Switch out. I'll throw out a couple. Jason, make um. up some. Let me see what, let me pull up because I have them on my. So this is a drawing I made of a duck. <laughs> Did you, so at the end, I, my favorite part of the whole game was the end where you are the quadcopter. Oh, I was so bad at that. Oh my gosh. I love, I think oh, because Oh, you mean it was like, like at the very end, like when you, like credits time yes, when yeah, you're just like, yes, the credits. roaming. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. I thought you meant the yeah. boss fight, which took no, me. No, that was so hard. Tries. So I thought for sure I was going to lose in front of my three children and they were going to be like, why did he die, dad? Did you lose? I did not lose. I was very close. Because if you lose, it's kind of funny. It takes you to um, uh, Mira and BK playing it as a video game because, you know, in the hole, she's like, oh, you know, says good. like, oh, you're you're terrible at boss fights. Right? Like yeah. you always lose at boss fights. So if you lose the boss fight it sends you back into like the the shop or whatever and they're sitting there and yeah. they're playing the game and you have yeah. just lost the boss fight playing the game together that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> i should have lost then that would have been great i mean it's really frustrating to lose but it was funny it was hard that's it's awesome so hard i i did lose once cuz i i couldn't figure out what it was trying to tell me to do oh yeah um, and I, I just like kept avoiding everything that it was throwing at me and i was like Oh, that's right. I can launch stuff. Yeah. And, <laughs> and once I figured out, so then I like yeah. the first time I lost without hitting him once. And I was oh, just yeah. like avoiding, avoiding, There's avoiding. All these mines and I was everywhere. Like, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. I guess it's game over. Yep. And then the second time through, I, I nailed it. I was like, oh, that's what you want. Okay, good. <laughs> that's funny. So but the, yes, I got um, that in you. It was fun. A game clip. I don't know if you guys followed the chain going down to the mm-hmm. um, the level. It takes yeah. a couple minutes to follow this chain all the way up. That's a very you thing to do. I would have, after like 10 seconds, been like, I guess this doesn't go anywhere. There's a ship. You're in a ship. Full of raccoons. <gasps> oh my gosh. Piloted by the head raccoon with his, hold on, with his hand in a pickle jar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he can take his hand out of the pickle jar anytime. Anytime he wants. I can take it anytime. Anytime, <laughs> anytime he wants. But yeah, it's all the raccoons like from the lab, I'm, I'm guessing. That's uh, but it, I think it just goes down to a to an anchor. Or there's some okay. it's, oh, I can't remember. I didn't get that part of the clip, but some some part of the main game. There's just like a chain going up from. That's so funny. So, dear listener, uh, at the end in the credit sequence, you pilot the quadcopter like through the credits, and you like wander around and see stuff. It's um, so cool. I played that for like two minutes and was like, 
All right. Yeah, same. I, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> like, I have finished neat. my game for next month, and I'm moving on. <laughs> like, I no, played I've played minutes. this three times, and I, you know, that it wasn't like I was like, I'm done with this game. I have done my homework. I just kind of like, I have finished this, and I have lost interest. <laughs> oh, man. And you so, read all of the Trashpedia. I read the entire Trashpedia, probably two I out think, of the three times I played. <laughs> I loved how different it was than the whole game. Like, it was like a brand new game. And I love the idea of breaking games and finding the extremes and the boundaries and, like, glitches. And so being able to just, like, see the whole world or right. whatever, Donut County, and, like, be a little, like, it's God mode, right? It's debug yeah. mode where you're just a camera and you can go through walls and do it. And like, I love that aspect of it and being yeah. able to like, I definitely went to like all the boundaries of the freeway and like the <laughs> go to, went to the horizon everywhere just to see how big this space was, which is why I went all the way up and saw the ship, which was kind of a cool little Easter egg. Yeah. I think I did that like on a, just like on that level, like where are the boundaries of this, but it didn't yeah. dawn on me to be like, can I go higher <laughs> all the way to see where this takes me? Like it was shockingly far up me. too. Yeah, <laughs> like like I said, I would have given up so quickly. Yeah. Been like, oh, yeah. this must just be like, I, it's just you know, repeating. You just go, yeah, it's just repeating yeah. instead. Sure. And so I would have given up on it. That, that's really funny. See, ah, oh, so clever. I love, I love this game. Um, one of my favorite things that I have a screenshot of. I want to make like a GIF of it. Um, because I also made like the little video version of it. But it was between the levels when you get the little have a garbage day. Um, yes, that's great. Yeah, I really yeah. love that. I just think, like, I want to leave that whenever someone's just being a dick on Twitter or something. Just, like, have a garbage day. And what does it say at the bottom of it? It says, to you by- um, garbage day is Monday and Thursday. Raccoon Company, hurl me into a dumpster. That's the one. I said that to the the girls, and they're like, hurl me into a dumpster. They, they, that, <laughs> like, that was the funniest thing. That's objectively thing. funny. <laughs> it is. Hurl me into a dumpster. I love that. That's so good. Um, also, I love all the... Uh, like innuendoy hole things in it, um, yeah. such as, did you know that you're the highest rated hole driver in Donut County? Awesome. Um, or to whomever is driving this hole, please go away. That's good. Enjoyed that one. Uh, it's just a rogue hole. Like that. <laughs> just a rogue hole. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. This is uh, unrelated. I have a nice little screenshot of BK saying, you guys love your weird trash houses and I took them away. Yes. <laughs> I love that he just sees everyone's stuff as it's just trash. It's just trash. It's you guys, just trash why do you guys like this trash? Which I I think is great. And like the way that they talk is it's so like millennial Gen Z language. Like there's a part where Mira yells, "Calm down, nerds!" And like yeah. they're constantly saying "lol." Um, yeah. Yes. And you know, just stuff like that. I find absolutely hilarious. Like just the way that they talk throughout it is so good. Um, also just like these little critiques. I have another one that, uh, is the possum listening to the police scanner Yes, and the police scanner says day three of protesters. They have custom t-shirts now. Okay. I only have uh. 10 screenshots. <laughs> and that's one of them. <laughs> I took the same exact one. I thought that was hilarious. It's, it's so good. It's, uh, and Mira is Loki, such a great protagonist. Yeah. Like we could debate whether or not she's the protagonist of this game because you kind of are controlling BK the entire yeah. time, not right. Mira. But she's really the audience surrogate. And I love that when BK finally apologizes, she's like, "Okay, so yeah, yeah, exactly. And what are you going to do about it? What now? Now, great. Tell me that. W- let's do truth and reconciliation. Yeah. You do that part too. 
Yep. Where's the reparations? Make it material. And again, it makes so yeah. much sense when you know how this game came about, too. Like, so it's yeah. already like great the way she does that. Like, it the key, keeps on giving the and, and I'm sorry, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and then knowing what he's trying to do with this game and what he's saying about himself and about appropriation and how you fix a screw up like that. Yeah. My gosh, it's so great on every level when you think about all of this. I just, I'm so impressed with seeing that kind of, you know, growth in something and to see it play out in a way that, you know, I think people won't necessarily pick up on it necessarily, but for those that do, I think it's such a valuable lesson in the better way to approach things as opposed to defensiveness and like yeah. it really is i mean it's just a good lesson in and of itself whether or not you know this is about appropriation you yeah. are watching how reconciliation is supposed to work how you apologize how you make things better yes. uh and that's so cool and i watched a couple and read a couple interviews with ben esposito and he did not mention that journey right in any of the ones i watched and it's it's gotta be a tough place to be to when do you bring that up? Because you don't want to necessarily bring it up at a, a big convention where 500 people or 3000 people are watching you. And then they go play the game with that lens on. Right. And they can't see it for what it is. They can't see the metaphor. They can't see the art behind it. They they don't go on the journey of reconciliation and awareness and everything that, that BK comes to because they see it from the start. Yeah. Exactly. So, but it, he also doesn't want to deny the fact that it's about that. So that's gotta be a tough place to kind of like definitely see the art. And but not necessarily talk about all the depth behind it. You also don't want to overtell that story. Yeah. Many people have stories of realizing that they were doing something wrong, right? Particularly around race, mm-hmm. around other things as well, around other elements of mar- marginalization as well, but particularly around race. I've got my own. And I've got one particular to academia that I've told multiple times. And every time I tell, I'm like, I hope no one in this group has heard this before because I don't want to be the guy right. shopping. The, like, and I don't want this to be a story about like, look how great I am. Cause yeah. that's There's not 99 the point of the story. people in this room and none of them believed in me. Okay. <laughs> right. But right. one. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, the point of the story is I screwed up and guess what? You are screwing up too in some way. Yeah. Why don't you solve it? Right. Find out where it is. And then let's put together a plan to how to stop screwing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that, that stuff can be, tough to to sort out but it sounds like he's doing at least to some extent doing it well he's he's told some people it's it's part of the story yeah Yeah, i think you know i read a bunch of different interviews and this only came up in one of them that i read and it's like a full i mean it's what the central thing of this interview is about is this um and you know i think that's that really is fascinating to not make it like to make that balance of like, this is not, this story is about something bigger than just his journey, right? It's something that you should be able to apply to your own life. But that is also an important thing to recognize that he's not running away from the fact that like, this is the story of my screw up and yeah, you know, how I, how I came to realize and become better as a result of it, you know, (laughs) and he learned not to be a white savior from this. Right. He's telling his own story. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, there's the light bulb. Yeah, so many things are, you know, the artist's own story, and yet you they don't hit you over the head with it, you know? Yeah. Like, they are, they're telling their story in some way, um, but they're letting you have it as your own. And if asked, if pressed, you know, maybe the person who wrote this article was like, hey, what's the deal? Didn't this used to be Kachina? 
And it's like, okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd the teepees go? I really like the teepees. And he tells the story, but. Fun story. I was really into that whole teepee thing. (laughs) Loved that aesthetic. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a balance, but I love that that story is out there um, amongst all the other reasons why this is an interesting critique and interesting, you know, game in general. This game's pretty fun. I went with just going for it. Do it. Uh, Deschutes Chainbreaker White IPA, which is a beer that came out like ten years ago. Deschutes is from Bend, Oregon, uh, and it's a fall seasonal. Super easy drinking, really fun, balanced IPA. It's like a sweeter IPA, and I went with it because I love IPAs, but it has, like, all the sweetness and, like, just enjoyment of, like, an amber, but it still has, kind of like, complexity of and, like, bitterness of an IPA. So, to me, this game was just, like, sweet and fun and enjoyable. I could play with kids. It was just funny and, like, cartoony and hilarious, and there's one button but also in everything that we've talked about for the past hour, just like had all this depth and really smart humor and really great characters below kind of underlying all that. That's the IPA part for me. Like it. Yeah. I wanted to get next because uh, I've got a connection to yours. Ooh. Um, and uh, so, so Ben and I went to uh, Deschutes brewery way back when, uh, but to actually their brew pub in Portland, yeah. oh. uh, which, which brews their own beer as well and has their own distinct styles. And we got a tour from the brewmaster who had like just been hired, I think he was fairly new. We, like, we sat down with him for like forty five minutes in nice. the middle of his work day. We just asked him a million questions. <laughs> Amazing, and he was like going back and forth between like the shouldn't I be working and also like yeah, it it kind of felt like I'm new here. I'm still trying to figure this out. I think this is part of my job, yeah. <laughs> and and it's kind of fun to talk it through and to try and figure these things out. Yeah. Um, I mean, he told us a great story about a ruined batch of beer yeah. that was you know a limited release that you could only get in the brew pub because it couldn't be bottled uh, uh-huh. because they'd screwed something up um, and it had like big, chu- big chunks of stuff in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was fine for, you know, serving out of a the keg, keg. But, but not in a bottle where you'd see it. Right. So uh, then we went across the street and we, we went to, uh, to Rogue to get a, a tour oh, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we went to the Rogue distillery, which we did not know was a thing. Uh, and so we found out all about how they make their whiskeys. And gins. Yeah, and we're like, that's not what we were planning on <laughs> at all. And this is barely a tour because at the time, and I don't know, maybe still, that's not primarily what they do. They're they're known for beer. You right. know, they, they have, like, epic tours of, like, check out all this stuff we do. And this is like, hey, we started this new thing. You want to see it? Yeah, it's right over nice. there. Okay, tour's done. What'd you think? Yeah. It's fun, right? It's like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in honor of Ben moving to Portland, uh, I had to keep it Portland. And I uh, kept it very Portland with Voodoo Donuts Maple Bacon Ale. Oh, yeah. The so bright you your pink bottle. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Uh-huh. And it's tasty. It is. I think we had that on that trip. Yeah, we did. It's, it's a real good beer. Um, we got the bacon. Oh, man. I need a Pretty bottle good. of that right now. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. I can, I can give you a metaphor about how, like, maple and bacon, it sounds bad. But, like, when you ever try them together, you're like, nah. No. no, this is really good. You got all your trash mixed up, and, and, and <laughs> something wonderful came out of that hole. Yeah. That was a weekend that you and Megan came out. I think Mom was there, too. 
we end up having 72 beers in 72 hours. Yeah. In like, each of us. And it was, most of them were like three ounce pours. Including our mom. <laughs> because we went, well, she had actually tasted some too. She had a couple. Lee Helms, everybody. <laughs> uh, wow. But we went, we went to one place on, um, on Mississippi and they happened to be doing like a beer fest because it's Portland and that happens like every weekend anyway. So we had like 22 beers the first day. And, they were, <laughs> and like, they're all again. Like two ounce pours. Sure, sure. And, and, and we then we would to, trade. We would get like little tasters. Yeah, and we'd, we'd all eat share shit, like a sip of Pre-COVID, the same taste. Yeah. yeah. Who cares about viruses and germs? <laughs> we went to the coast to Pelican and had a bunch, and we got like flights. We each got flights, and we shared them all. Like that was a crazy beer weekend. That was my fantastic. tummy hurts just thinking about that. Oh, it was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> and lots of coffee really too because it's Portland. So more <laughs> things like the, for Corey to love. What is it on on Letter Kenny? It's like you're gonna drink eight beers means you're gonna get drunk. You could say drinking seventy two beers. Oh yeah. Means you're gonna get drunk. We did. We did. A little. <laughs> Although not a lot, because most of it was with Glee. Yeah, we stayed pretty like it was like a mild buzz for 72 hours. Yeah. And <laughs> never nice. seen that, particularly because there was like three hours between breweries when we we drive yeah, right. you know, out yeah, to yeah. the coast and do stuff like that. It was it was pretty solid. Exactly. It's All right, Corey, what do you got? Um, <clears throat> my my drink is a bit of a choose your own adventure, if you will. You know, you see on Instagram, there's some drink that everybody's posting about like the unicorn frappuccino or whatever a few years ago and everybody has to go have it it looks so good and all that so you go you like drive to la and you're like i am going to get this cool ass instagram drink and you get there and you see there's just like an absurd line to get there and you're like okay i'm gonna wait in that and chances are i'm gonna get to the end of that line uh, and I'm going to get that thing and I'm going to take a picture of it. And that's going to be the best part of the experience. It's not going to taste that good. Uh, and it's going to have wasted my time. Uh, and I just, you know, some <laughs> moved in here with a gimmick and probably kicked out a mom and pop shop to open this thing up. So instead you go to the place next door and you get yourself your horchata or a diet Coke or whatever it is that you like to drink. Two greats. And yeah. you just throw the deuces up. <laughs> and that is my drink. The thing you get that is the middle finger to yeah. the unicorn frappuccino next door. Because that's what this game is to me. Corey, that was so beautiful and wonderful. And <laughs> and it started with, the, I wish the, the listener could see the hand motions just start up there. <laughs> they, they, they kind of started small and they just built, built. <laughs> and it just... It reminded me way back to Corey in maybe middle school. Oh, boy. And first meeting Corey and Corey kind of nerdy, kind of quiet, not talking to people, <laughs> stand, you know, sitting in the corner. Uh, was it did you go on like a like a ski retreat one time? Yeah. 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 Does that yep. sound yes. right? I, I, that's what it feels like. We're all kind of yeah. in the cabin. And, uh, and and people are telling, you know, stories one after another. And Corey just kind of sitting there quiet. And then. Suddenly, you know, a moment of silence, and Corey's just like, well. And then just, like, after saying nothing all day, launches into, like, a ten-minute story that's got, like, an, an arc. You know, friends become enemies, and her hands start to move, and she's, like, you know, gifted oh by all of all of the people who have come before her, all of our ancestors <laughs> sitting around fires. She is telling stories and creating art before us that has never been seen. And it was like, oh. and then sitting back down, I'm just like quiet again. And it was like, for a moment I was yeah. back. I was 14 oh again. My and I was gosh. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, it's Corey. <laughs> Did 
that really corn. happened? To the- yes. That's good. I remember it. That's. Amazing. I don't know what the story was, but I, I remember it. Yeah, I don't remember telling the story. I remember feeling very awkward and shy that entire ski trip. Um, so I don't remember the moment where I apparently like unwound. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing, and I love that. The real version is probably just like. In, in a moment of silence, you told a dir- dirty joke, and we all laughed. We're like, what? No way. She would never. What? <laughs> but, but, but I like my version better. I love it. I That's absolutely good. love it. Yeah. That's good. This is, I've clearly come out of my shell since then, and you can't stop me from talking. I know, seriously. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, songs? Songs. Mine okay. is, is from a little indie band you may have heard of. Uh, the lead singer by the name of Chris can't remember which Chris. Uh, it's, uh, the band is Mouse Rat. I think the Chris is Chris oh, Parnell. Yes. Um, Chris Cross. Uh, that's I can't remember. That's Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. What was it that that article said? Chris Hemsworth and like and co-star or something like that yes. from yes. that set yes. picture? Yes. I saw that. <laughs> so good. Oh, that was so good. So yes. uh, I I didn't want to, but it, it felt too perfect uh, because we all fell in the pit. Yeah, oh my the pit God. by Mouse Rat is amazing. That's really good. From season one, I think, of Parks and Rec. I think, yeah, it's one or uh, two. It's, like it's really main, early in there. The main conflict, yeah. Um, but your ringtone, Jason, and you're the only one in my phone with this ringtone, is what's 5,000 times better than <laughs> Candle in the Wind? 5,000 uh, candles in the wind. You know, 5,000 <laughs> candles in. So what's By great is I call... Yeah. I will call Ben, and he will just pick up the uh, the phone and start singing it, but he's always singing halfway through the song wherever he picked up. Yeah. <laughs> so he has been singing it oh, yeah. until yeah. you answer. Yeah. So, and you're yeah. just interrupting. Call, ring, ring, ring. Little Sebastian, you're 5,000 candles in. I love that too. Uh, I went with, I started with like the obvious hole, right? Like celebrity skin. Sure. Don't make me over. Or like, like famous whole song. And then I was like, that's too much. Like they have a whole catalog. I can't base the whole, a little too on the nose. their whole band is not this game. So I went with Nine Inch Nails. You play as a whole. Head like a whole. Head like a hole, right? Obvious. Again, I was like, let's get deeper. I was like, what are we doing with this hole? We're kind of like, we're eating things. We're swallowing things. Bush, Swallowed. Oh, Classic, right? One of my favorite songs. Oh. Then I kept going. I was like, what is... But what oh, does man. the hole represent? That's only like 300 feet yeah, deep. Right? Let's go. We're going Let's for like 333 here. feet deep. How do we get to 999? It's like, what does the circle represent? Everything that's alive is going. It's kind of the circle of life. Oh. And I was like, you know, no. What represents falling through a hole? Where is the game placed? LA. People fall freely through a oh. hole. Wow. One of wow. Corey's favorite bands of all wow. time. Wow. True story. Oh. And I'm free. 
It's just, it all fell into place perfectly. I love it. Over Ooh. Raccoon Holland. <laughs> nice. Exactly. <laughs> Something about vampires. Yeah. Sure. It's great. It's great. So, so those are my five songs. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Thank well you. done there. Um, Corey, what do you got? Mine is much more straightforward. This is, you know, just in connection also with my drink. I picked the uh, Watsky song, Kill a Hipster. Starbucks where the skate rink's good. It's a fixture. It does no good. I know. Kill a hipster. Hey, you guys sound great. Can I sit in? And it is a song about gentrification. He's actually from San Francisco talking tech boom hipsters moving in there's you know talk of oakland about the rent going up all that stuff and the sort of um you know the hook is kill a hipster save your hood so that's my donut county song that's fantastic uh i have not heard that song i'll have to listen to it anyway um let's hear from some children oh yeah thank you let's do that but up 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 Can you introduce yourselves and then we'll get into the questions? My name is Olivia and I'm seven years old. My name is Talia and I'm five years old. Five? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good job. My name is Nora and I'm three years old. Yeah, that's Nora and she's three. What's your favorite part of Donut County? I really like when we get the quadcopter. Oh, yeah, at the end? Mm-hmm. What do you like doing with a quadcopter? I like flying it. Yeah. I like it when I swallowed everything in the whole wide world. You like it when you swallowed everything in the whole wide world? <clears throat> I like when I swallowed up Mira. You like when you swallowed up Mira? Yes. Yeah. Is that your favorite level? Yes. If you could give a donut to anyone in the world, who would it be? I would give a donut to um, Talia. Oh. What's this? Oh. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Mira and BK. Okay. What if you could be a hole in the ground anywhere in the world? Where would you be a hole in the ground to swallow things up? Is there any like bad place that you'd want to make go in the hole and go far I would away? like to swallow a, well, a piece of homework that I kind of ruined because like it'll, I if there wasn't any trash can, so I could just oh. like swallow it. You'd use the hole as a trash can. And that makes sense. Something I would not like to swallow up. Well, like animals' habitats, because I need them to like stay healthy and like alive. Oh, smart! That's very kind. In a big room. In your big girl room? Yeah. What would the hole do in your big girl room? Swallow everything and make it get big, so I can swallow everything. And make your room clean? Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to pick up everything. I can just swallow our stuff. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. And when I put a hole in my room and swallow raccoon blankets. And swallow raccoon blankets? Yes. Okay. Anything else about Donut County you want to say? 
it's just really fun. I like all of the levels. It's so fun. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we're back. That was hilarious, old Ben from the past. Oh my gosh, how adorable and yet deranged. My goodness. Kids are the best. Except for adults. Um, So, what else have we been playing? Jason, don't say Katamari Damacy. We've talked about it nonstop. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, okay. Syndicate 7. I can do this. I can do this. One. I can do this. I can do this. I need you to play Katamari Damacy. I'm going to move on now. Okay. Uh, Corey, instead of one joy- joystick, there's two, but that's it. Those are all the buttons. You just do tank controls. Probably get the hang which, of that. Which makes it feel unwieldy, which it should be because it's a giant ball of trash. <laughs> all right. I have been playing Mario Golf for the Game Boy Advance. Ooh. On the the Game Boy that that I made for for us, Ben, on our Game Boy. I appreciate that. That's that um, was like it's fantastic. Is it the game that's from like like 1996 yeah. or something like that? Uh, yeah, that, that late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. Game Boy Advance, so it's color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had this, and I was terrible at it, but no. I did enjoy it. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I, I played the Mario Golf for, I think, N64, Ooh. um, or GameCube, I can't remember which, but that, I think, I think it was N64, um, I played it in college a bunch, and, uh, it's a very similar build. It's a really nice arcadey golf game with, like, just enough complexity that like you can keep playing. I've gotten credits twice so far on it. This is this is wow. my donut county. <laughs> um, and and I just realized the other day I'm like I hate playing these stupid clicker games on my phone. Yeah. I hate playing all these games on my phone that just take up my time and aren't that engaging and I don't actually like but my thumb and my brain like it when the colors match or whatever yep. is happening. <laughs> and I was like just it takes 30 seconds to start up the Game Boy. If I'm going to be sitting on the couch watching an old MST3K that I've already seen five times with my wife, <laughs> and inst- while that's going on, instead of idly playing one of those phone games, why don't I play the golf game? It's not like there's a story to distract me. I can just have it going on while I watch the movie. Oh, it's fantastic. Nice. I love it so much. And, and just figure out, oh, rain on the course, and I get do the putt over here and do that. Oh, it's so good. Excellent. Yeah, I remember liking that one a lot when I was, you know, sixth or seventh grade or whatever when i had my game boy i love golf games everything from like i mean golden tea it's just like a ball that you spin right that's the arcade that's at every like crappy bar oh yeah i've never known how to play that i I look at it and i'm like what do i do with it super hard also super fun if you actually like spend an hour like playing it or whatever (laughs) watching people play it like horrible graphics and all that like to like (laughs) tiger woods golf to golf story to like thousands of phone golf games (sighs) Yeah. Golf story. To, um, what's oh the one? Gosh, golf um, so good. Just uh, we golf. We golf. Yeah, was super. We golf was great. Real great. So golf games, all very different, and all really can be really fun. We need a switch golf. There does like why isn't there something equivalent to like the we we not we fit, but what was that? What was that set of games that you would get? So we it had sports. like bowling. We, we sports. sports. Yeah, where is that on on Switch? Because I love that they did they did one yeah. two Switch, which was unfortunately priced as a regular game instead of an add in. Yeah, uh, I've heard it's. Decent. I'm not going to pay sixty it, bucks to play right. those things. I've heard, but. It, I've heard it's decent if it was an add in to teach you how to play the Switch, which is what it is. Right, but it's not a full game. And then uh, Ring Fit Adventure, which is that's what I'm amazing. playing. That's what I'm Are playing. You, right have now. you started? I have. Yeah. Okay, let's transition. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> I I have beat. I have beaten it. You've beaten I it. Love, you actually I, have I love it. Ring Fit. 
Oh great. man, yeah. I my have, wife is my wife Megan is further than I am. She level two hundred or something. Like oh she's gosh. like lapped it. It's great. Yeah, it's um, it's super fun. My my only problem is that um, the space where I play it is right next to our radiator, <laughs> and because it is the dead of winter and it is like yeah. twenty degrees outside, I can only play for like thirty minutes at a time, or I just feel like I'm going to die. Um, but it is so much fun. So much like I feel like I'm using muscles I didn't know I had. Um, and because of like my connective tissue disorder and everything, like actually some of it, like there's like a lot of shoulder work and things and that that's like what I need, which is super fun. But the game itself is like, it's a very like it keeps me going in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like this, like, you know, trying to figure out the controls is fun. Like, you know, I'm constantly falling off things because I forget that I need to aim down and squeeze if I want to jump or things like that. And so, like, I'm constantly getting used to the controls and figuring things out. And then, like, the the characters are kind of funny that you're, like, main villain. I'm still in the beginning of it, so it's, like, the dragon guy. I don't know if he is through the whole thing, but that, like, he is, you know, always, like, flexing. And it, it's very silly. Although I will say my one complaint is I noticed the other day as I was down on the floor doing like the like sit up y things in it that the, so you know how you kind of have to charge up the exercise by doing like, yes. so say if you're yes. doing a squat, you have to squat long enough yep. and then come up um, and release. And as it charges up, it goes from a flabby figure to, to a muscular tight. one. Yep. I was like, <sighs> other than that, <laughs> it, which confirmed right. yeah. and, the fact that you can't really change your avatar. Yeah, so you much. can't change the body you can do skin type. color, it's, but not the body type. Yeah, right? it's going to be a skinny, muscular body type. There's a great piece I want to send you, though, about uh, body positivity and Ring Fit Adventure. Ooh, please do. Yes. Because Drago, who is the villain of the game, and you basically, at the end of each level, have to fight him. Yeah. Um, or some variant that he throws your way. Which, by the way, also, I will say one of the things that's cool about this is that, like, you have to build up enough like xp or whatever to beat him so like i've lost to him many yeah. times and i immediately feel like i need to beat him so then that just keeps yep. me working out longer yep it's so smart yeah um so he is very bodybuilder very look yeah. at my muscles very show-offy and the lesson of ring fit throughout is that he's lost focus right like he's a good guy yeah. Or he was at one point. Yeah. I mean, that's the backstory. Exactly. And, and he's, gone, him as he's well. gone awry. He's lost yes. the mission. And it's all about learning what fitness is there for, yeah. what exercise is there for. It's like, it's not to be a giant. You know, you don't have to do that. You can, if that's what you want. Right. As long as that's something that you want. And you don't see that as like the only thing that fitness is there for and the only okay body. And, you know, yeah. the, the thing you realize is that Drago, as big and strong as he is, is still has this inferiority complex because right. he'll never be good. He's got total body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like, it's kind of amazing that that story is happening. All right. Yeah. Other thing about it is, Corey, you are playing a JRPG. <laughs> the the battle mechanics of it are just straight out of Final Fantasy awesome. or Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. So in Shin Megami Tensei, you would be choosing between different kinds of magic attacks. Right. Like a fire yeah. attack or an ice attack or, or this. And in this game, 
you choose between an ab exercise or a shoulder yeah. exercise. But Which they're color coded. There's I, enemy weaknesses. I, since it's they're the exact staring at them for so long, this is where like my brain starts to shut down because I'm like, I am a jock at heart, you know. Like I'm just like, give yeah. me thing to do. Like let me smash with hammer. You know, <laughs> like and then when it's like choose a thing, and I will just like stand there and stare at it. Like, uh, yeah. no, just tell me. Tell me what to do, which you can do. You can do like a like let it choose for you. But I'm like, no, I should be strategic about this. But that does slow me up a little bit because strategy is not my strong suit either. But. Well, and, and this was my wife's introduction to video games, really. Like she played as a kid and then didn't play for decades. Right. And then I, I got ring fit and I played it for a few months. And then she was like, I am cooped up. There's a pandemic. I've got to do something. Yeah. And started playing it. And the idea, the strategy behind it was just like a foreign language. Like no matter how many times I would explain it, she'd be like, that makes no sense. (laughs) And like, yeah, a couple weeks later, like she's got it down and she's nailing and it all works. I mean, it's not that complex, but to me, I'm like, I know I will get it after a while, you know, but, uh, right now I'm still in the, like, I don't totally understand what I'm doing. Well, and and to me, it was like the most obvious things in the world, but then she would understand it. And then she's gone from that to be like, I might want to check out some more video games. And and so, you know, the, Long story short, uh, the uh, new update for Stardew Valley dropped last night for Switch. And so I haven't seen her in like eight hours. So I <laughs> hope that she's okay, you know, wherever she may be. Just bring her some water, um, make sure she's hydrating but, while she plays. Um, yeah. Uh, Corey, did you have any more? Uh, no, it's just that and the, the Mario game. Well, and Spirit Fair, obviously. And we will talk about that in depth next month. And I will have things to say. I sent you guys um my you know picture of me at the end of it just like tears streaming down my face um it's i sobbed many times playing that game and it is it's just so good it's so good do we need to throw a content warning at anybody about it before i forget that's i mean i think i would say that it's fairly clear what you're in for because it is a game about death um right. and they, you're faring people to their death i will say like there is um you know i was telling mark about it and i was like you know one of the ones that really destroyed me is there's like a child um one of the characters is a child and they're all represented by something else like they're not human forms mm-hmm. but then you kind of find out their story as you're faring yeah. them to the oh, sure. the end so i will say like if that's something that like is triggering in any way like the child death idea and hearing like that really it kind of wrecked me a little bit and mark was like i cannot play that (laughs) there's no way i could possibly do that i won't do it so there's stuff like that and there's also like it's not a hundred percent kid friendly there is swearing in it but it's all in text so like if you're and smoking there is smoking in it as well yeah yeah there's a character that smokes the entire time Except wow. when she's hugging you. Except when Aww. she's hugging you, yes. So there's a few things like that. Like, it's a game about death. If that's a thing you don't want, don't do that. There is child death. There's cancer. There's, like, all these kinds of things. It's really emotional. Um, and there's some swearing. Those are the warnings I would give if you're going to play this before keep listening to us talk about it next month. All games are truly about death. Uh, the Katamari ball that rolls us all up into the donut hole of the grave. <laughs> Swallowed. <laughs> um. So, I've been playing just basically this and Goose Game with the kids every day, and they love both, and they're both pretty endless. 
especially nice. for young children. Uh, yeah. I did lend my switch to Tyler Weaver, a uh, good fault, uh, <laughs> who uh, got and gave me the, the little di- the cards, the discs, the cartridges uh, to Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Nice. So oh. I will. I think I'm going to give Breath of the Wild another uh, another shot. I gave it a shot like two years ago. Yeah. So and then Odyssey, I've, I've heard, I think that's that'd be a good one with the kids because I've heard a lot of parents playing as Mario and then the kid plays as the hat. And it's like pretty simple, but like they get to follow along with the story. I don't know. I haven't started it, yet. It can be very frustrating. Like I think OJ can oh. handle that. It may be that, uh, that Talia can't, okay. um, just age wise, like Maddie's still not at a place where she likes to be the hat. Okay. Uh, but I played it two years ago. And so Maddie was like three and she would just like sit down, watch me play immersed. Like mm. no other game I've played for her. Like, she loved Mario Odyssey and still will be like, can we play Mario Odyssey again? I was like, you can play it. It's a really long game. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to start it all over. We've got like three hundred stars. No, there's no way I'm starting it again. I'm not going to erase it. And and all the stars that are left are really tough to get. So <laughs> no, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, and then I would say I, I got uh, Overcooked Two on sale this week. Super sale. I'm really excited to play that. Uh, what the golf is another golf game I started playing. Again, it's another golf game, a different <laughs> angle of golf. That's great. Uh, and Return of the Oberdin, which I'm pretty sure we're going to play Oberdin at some point. I started it, so maybe I should slow down. Or maybe I'll do the Cory and play it three times before we actually yeah, do it on the Yeah, there you podcast. go. Just keep going. Uh, and it wouldn't be uh, a month of this year without me saying that I played more Cyberpunk. Beat the game. I think I'm going to start it again soon. I'm just kind of exploring the world at this point. Um, it's pretty great. I'm liking it more and more. So, nice. yeah, it went from, like, me hating it before... The game ever came out. Like, oh, <laughs> it didn't build so up a lot stupid. of goodwill, to be fair. It's a horrible company. Now, yeah. now, Ben, you were telling me about a weird mission you got there where, like, you actually were hacking and you hacked into CD Projekt servers. Wow. And you left a little note for them. I what epically pwned them. They wow. were epically pwned. That's in the game. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. That's I know so I got cool. some pretty valuable information. Uh, so yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not going to sell it to your, to your friends in gaming journalism. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Well, I mean, there's no bigger Gwent fan than me. So I got that Gwent source code and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it because Gwent already exists, but I have it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Corey. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm not that interested, to be honest with you. Let me cool. treat that furrowed brow briefly, which is the company. She just said don't. <laughs> I said I'm not interested. <laughs> don't you're, tell you're right. me about you're it. Right. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> Long story short, CD Projekt Red was hacked this week and a bunch of source code and things. And they were like being uh, extorted as well to like get their What stuff do I back, have so. to do to get you to not tell me about this? I, this that was not for you. That was for the <laughs> listeners that care. That was and, just for Nick. And Ben, and this one is just for me, but I'm saying Ben before it. Cool. Um, nobody else listened. Cool. Uh, it's a game about hacking, and then the makers of the game got hacked. See? Ah. It's like, it's maybe not 999 feet deep, but it's at like three or four yeah. at yeah. least. I get it. Um, let's do. We have one month in the news, which is Sam and Max. This Sam time it's Max. virtual. We don't have a release date yet, but we have a trailer and we have a little bit of gameplay. Twenty twenty one, just like Psychonauts two, right? Twenty eighteen, <laughs> just like Psychonauts two. And we did discuss it on our very last episode, and then like right after we did, yes. they dropped a trailer. Yeah, that's just right. Immediately thereafter, fantastic. And we retweeted it, so check out our. Or Twitter. Uh, and then, Jay, do you want to do black developer highlight? Yes, yes. Uh, so this month, the uh, black developer we'd like to highlight is Amber Lee Blake. 
And so um, I want to focus on a game that uh, that Blake made called Anamnesis. I kind of jumped to this one on the list because of the name. Um, Do we have I like a that list? word? Well, <laughs> blackgamedevelopers.com. Oh, yeah, there's a list. That's true. Um, we didn't put it together. Let me be very clear. Um, I like the word. Um, I, I teach about that term, but it, it yeah, it basically means remembering something from a previous life. And it's I want to usually I like to focus on like the good and really hit that first, but I want to lower the stakes really quick and just lower the bar and recognize that Amberly Blake is an undergraduate mm. and did this with other undergraduates. Right? Oh wow! And so if you view it as a student game, I right. think your mind will be blown. Yeah. If you are looking at it and comparing it to AAA games or even indie games like Donut County, I think you're going to have some issues. You're going to say, "Well, you know, there's." Some real loss of uh, frame rate in this area. Sure. And, you know, I didn't like It's like, forget about that stuff. In terms of the game itself, it's very simple. You, you start, it's a, a first person shooter kind of thing, like no shooting, walking simulator. Um, you're greeted with three doors and you go through the doors. And as you do, you're greeted with scenes from a person's life. And you're slowly putting together a story as you just kind of walk through this world. Very uh, Edith Finch. Uh, Firewatch, that kind of vibe. What's the one where you had like the talking, like the narrator talking behind you the whole time? The British narrator? Stanley Parable? That's what it looks like. Okay. Yeah. The game looks like Stanley uh, it's, Parable. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, very polygonal. Um, yeah. Very, you know, 90s VR kind of vibe to it. Um, but really, really pretty in what it's mm. done with that. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look jarring and gross like that. In fact, it kind of reminded me of Mist in mm. a lot of ways. Um, just that. in terms of like, set decoration, mm-hmm. right? Worlds that you're seeing all based on real places, but seen in this kind of fanciful way. So, uh, one of the worlds you go into is, uh, the black forest, uh, in Germany. And you're just kind of walking through this campsite and like, you know, tour guide leading you around seeing different things. Um, it doesn't, I did not finish it because the, the third area you get to is a uh, 3D platformer where you have to jump from things. And, and I jumped up a bunch and then fell all the way to the bottom and was like, all right, well, um, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but I got a lot out of it yeah. before then. Um, and anyway, I really liked it. It's really fun and a great way to see some, some young developers. Um, and uh, yeah, check out Amberly Blake's website. We'll put links there, and uh, the game is available for free on itch.io, and won't take you more than you know half hour, forty five minutes to play through. Nice, and it's a fun little experience. And next game, which we've talked a bunch about, is Spiritfarer, Spirit which Fair. I'm the only one who have not played. Play this with us, people. Get yeah. the game, play it. Ugh, it's so good. It's so good. It's, it's on Game Pass, Jay. Yeah, it's on Game Pass. Uh, yeah. It's also available for Switch, but then you got to spend money. But mm-hmm. it's also in your hands all the time. Then. And that, I think, is a real advantage for this game because, Corey will tell you, it's got some management sim aspects mm-hmm. of some things that you just want to update things, keep up, keep this. Yeah, there's know, stuff I just sit in, in bed and, and do sometimes. Like, I will, yeah. you know, watch a movie and just, like, keep planting stuff or, you know, whatever, doing little errands in the game. I love that. I'm yep. down. And uh, Giant Bomb picked it as their game of the year, and that's what really put it back on my radar yep. um, because I was... Oh. I had heard great things when it came out and then kind of hadn't heard anything. And it seems like a bunch of people played it then, forgot about it. And then when Game of the Year talks came out, started to come back to it. And it was really interesting to hear their conversations. If, if you want to, they've got 20 hours of podcasts on it. Because they, they fought through their Game of the Year list really well. And those are always fun to listen to. Yeah. Okay. But the, the amazing thing is that they did settle on Spiritfarer and that it seemed 
pretty uncontested. Yeah. Individual people might have had games that they preferred, but this was like, no, this is the game of this year. And this is the one that that emotionally connects. I'm fine. You know, this is my personal favorite, but I'm with everybody else. Yes, let's go towards this. Uh, And to watch everybody after fighting everything out, just like uniformly (laughs) line up for Spirit Fair, I was like, well, I got to play this game. Yeah, that's really saying something. Nice. And you have, have you started it, Jay? Yes, yes. I started, I played like an hour the week it came out, maybe the day after it came out. And uh, there was some bug. The the platform Uh, kept getting caught between walls. I was just like, ah, I'll get back to it when... You know, the next update, I'm sure it'll solve it. Um, and uh, it, it's been six months, so I think they've solved it by now. <laughs> and so, yeah, excited to go back to it. I liked what I played. Yeah. Uh, I was I was starting to get invested. I will definitely start it over because I don't remember anything about the story other than the, the basic premise. Yeah. But, yeah, excited to get into it. Awesome. Oh, and one more thing. Special thanks to David Botluck, one of our Patreon subscribers, yep. who sponsors us at the producer tier. You, too, can hear my sonorous voice shouting out your name. But not yet, because right now it's just David David. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for having the lowest fiber among all of our Patreon subscribers. As always, you can find us on our website, menoflowmoralfiber.com. Eventually, Corrigan will have a bio on that website as well. You know, Uh, I did start writing one the other day, and then I... I, um, I looked at a different tab and I forgot about it. Just went on living my life. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And I continued to be the person I am. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to stop saying Facebook because I haven't even checked that in like three years. Do we have uh, a Facebook? I know, right? It actually it's got there. taken over by some white supremacists. Um, so don't yeah. go there. They, they took the name too literally. Yeah. Very low moral fiber there. Yeah. Facebook groups can be great for podcasts, but we're a Facebook page. That's just never going to happen. That was, it was like 12 years ago when we made it. No, okay? I get it. So, so just stop. Well, it. before the podcast started, uh, you can email us. If you have any <laughs> questions, comments, or concerns at molfpod at gmail.com. M O L M M P O D at gmail.com. Check out our Patreon to see a funny video we made like four or five years ago. We should make another one. I'm just going to say that every month until we do. Yeah. It's, you've been saying it since I started this and, uh, I haven't even written a bio since then. So. Yeah, and it's not happening this month because Ben's moving. <laughs> and I'm moving. Yep. <laughs> Patreon.com slash month. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to get on Spirit Fair. I, that's the reason I will get it for Switch is because I play my Xbox on a projector in our basement, and that's probably going to be decommissioned for a few weeks while we mm. set it up the new house and move and all that. So I will be playing it on Switch. It's worth it. I hope you will too, listener. Yeah. Play with us. Play with us. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Uh As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. I'm a whole. And I am a mighty pirate. And I'm sorry you think vegetables taste good? <laughs> oh, because uh. it's so good. What a great character. Bye.